On today's episode, Dave interviews actress Rachel Hamilton. Rachel has appeared in the film Spring Breakdown and the TV series 30 Rock. I'm Ian Foley, this is Actually, ADD this Comedy. Weekend, um, we have different offerings. No, I'm telling you that we're, we've begun. Uh, no, I understand. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Actually, this weekend. Uh, I'm teaching improv to the women. Oh. I'm the, I'm the, the subject of, I'm bringing the subject. The subject is improv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds like a title of a book. The subject is improv. The subject is improv. Yeah. Um, there's that book by Anne Bogart about creativity or something. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. I have, it's on my shelf. I'm, Yet to read it. I've started it, and I was like, well, I'm going to finish that mm-hmm. at another time. They're, um, really, they're really academic. Well, sometimes the, this one is, and it's called, and then you act. Uh huh. Uh huh. And the punctuation is weird. Yeah. I think it's and then comma you act. Versus dot 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 and then you act. Like uh, it's the right. End exactly. Of the and then yeah. you act. It's like and then you act. It's like initiating a scene with the word and or so always puts you right in the middle because... It's so funny you should say that because somebody the other day... Uh, did you see the thing that, that Susan Messing and I did where it's two cell phones and no. we're both on t- FaceTime? Um, I did. Kevin Riome did it and it's uh-huh. really, really good. I'm in LA and Susan's in Chicago and Kevin Riome is in Chicago and Kevin Riome is holding a, a, an iPhone and an iPhone. An iPhone is left hand, an iPhone is right hand. I'm on FaceTime on his right hand, and Susan Messing is on FaceTime on his whatever hand that I just, I can't remember what hand. Yes. The other hand. The other hand. The, the other, other hand. hand. And there's on a the camera on Susan, and there's another camera on me, and okay. it's just, we improvise. Wow. And that's it. And wow. it's never talked about, like, why are we on... I, I, why are we on FaceTime? Right. It's just we're talking on FaceTime. Right, right. And it's really, really funny. And um, we and Susan starts out by saying, so, and then says whatever she's going to say. Right. And I posted online, and a guy wrote saying, well, finally, somebody said that it's okay to start a scene with so. Who, why, why was this guy so angry? Because apparently that? his teachers told him don't start a scene with so. What? Well, I get afraid when I hear things like that or when I see people improvising from out in the nether regions and it's like, who's teaching you? Who, who says that? Is that some criteria based on someone in you know, rural Arkansas that read it somewhere? And I have a feeling, rule? no. I, I, I mean, I don't know where this person lives and hopefully, I think he listens to the podcast, so yeah. right now he's going, that's me, that's me, that's yay, me. And, but there's, there might be other people who are saying, no, that's me, that's, no, that's me, and they're all in different parts of the universe right. because one douchebag told another douchebag that that's how you teach this, this program and then it just spreads instead of the that's joy nice. spreading. Well, I mean, not that there can't be joy in a world where you don't use a scene. It just feels arbitrary. It does. It feels, it feels like, arbitrary. why can't you? Because we start the scenes in the middle. Sure. Because life starts in the middle. We're always in the middle of something. Yeah. And if I'm going to meet you, this is what I want. If I'm going to, this is, what well, we've always been like this. You and I. You and I are continuing, the very first time we met, we were continuing a conversation that we never had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I appreciate that. Yes. Yes. And that's a great improv scene. Totally. There's that awesome, um, my favorite pop song of the year, because I have this yummy, oh, it's New York. There's a loud truck going by. Uh-huh. I have this, um, 
love for cheesy, cheesy pop music. Mm -hmm. And that song, Call Me Maybe, right? I don't know. It's such, you can't hear it without jamming. Right. Johnny knows what I mean. He knows what I mean. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> um, but one of the verses like, before you came into my life, I missed you so bad. Before you came into my life, I missed you so bad. Right. It's like there was already a thing that you were going to be. Right. And then you can, so yeah, it's that idea of like you coming on in into a, a pocket that's already there for you. Right. And we're always looking for that in our lives to walk into a place and go, it's a place where everybody knows your name. Right. Yeah. And you walk into that and you go, yeah. And for, and we're talking about, I was talking about this because what I'm teaching in improv now is how can, how can we acknowledge the fact that we both have a foundation that we're starting with so that we don't have to talk about the foundation that we're starting with? Mm -hmm. So that we're constantly in response to each other mm -hmm. so that we know that we're going to be in agreement before we even say, this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's an understanding that there's an energy that you're giving off, there's an energy that I'm giving off. You're sitting looking like that in that way, the way that you're sitting in that chair with the shape, with your coffee in that moment and you're nodding. And I'm starting the scene out at that moment mm -hmm. with what you're giving me. Right, which is full. That's the thing too, is like never thinking, oh, it's just that, or there's no there there. Right. And for me, it's that idea of that acknowledgement is basically just freaking relaxing. That's, it's just relaxing into the trust and the yes of whatever's already going on and just having enough wherewithal to see it because I'm not in, you know, or you know, whoever is not completely trapped in their head thinking about all the other things. Right. It's like move the crap aside. Oh my god! And then check it out. You're in a full-fledged scene. <laughs> move the stuff aside. Move Just it. move it all aside. Yeah. Because and and you know, you know, you might want later on when your scene's over, talk to the guy that put that there and say, don't put that there anymore. Right. And then when you're done looking in the mirror, go and have another good scene. That's right. That's right. Or and sometimes it's gonna be there. It's like the the sky with clouds, right? It's like, I see the clouds, but the sky is right behind it. Right. So I can, you know, I can negotiate around. It's not that those ideas don't come up still. Of right. How do I, oh, wouldn't it be good if I pushed the scene in this direction? <laughs> or what about this funny thing that I could say that right. will totally, you know, get my laugh, but take me off of track of the truth of the moment? You know, don't believe everything you think. That whole idea of just allowing that, you know, yes, I could eat that whole cheesecake with, you know, one hand. I have that thought, but that doesn't mean I eat the cheesecake. Right. You don't have to engage in it. Right. You can, you can say, wouldn't it be fun to eat that cheesecake? Right. And then don't eat the cheesecake. Right. Wouldn't it be fun to, to go to the inorganic place of sort of building the scene really quickly because I'm afraid? Right. I am going to put down that cheesecake. And it's also the idea of, it's okay to think that. Exactly. And if you engage in that, that's okay to engage in that because you're going to make a discovery no matter what. That's right. And if the if the sky has clouds, then the scene's about clouds. Yep. Yep. That's what it's about. That's right. And what what you're going through right now with this these apartment things that you're going through and all that, mm. you are in relationship to you. Do you know what I mean? I am. It's like you cannot, like right now you're about to head off to a spa and take care of yourself <laughs> at this spa. I'm so embarrassed you just told the world I'm going I, to a spa. But it's, but, but, but you know what I'm saying, oh, right? Oh, sweet we could, Jesus, we could, we could I've been it. revealed as a... <laughs> as a spa goer. As a diva girl. Oh, right. Well, you oh know God. her. But it's that idea of you taking care of yourself, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And 
you know, the more I do anything, the more everything feels like a, an experience of getting to know myself against that particular backdrop. Right. Right. And so this has been a fascinating <clears throat> uh, backdrop. You know, I'm like, oh, what is life like when I am evicting two fucking crazy criminals out of my most valuable asset? Literally. That's my literally. New York, yes, right. Right. My New York apartment. Like, what happens when I'm stressed? What happens to my body? What happens to my mind? And, you know, it's been such a weird and horrible wrinkle of this. Or, like, a really scary place is, like, what happens when I completely lose my sense of humor? Oh. oh. It's so dark. I'm standing there, like, in the coffee line, you know, while all this is going on. And I'm just, like, feeling that I'm dark and gray and that sense of humor. That's you. You're ding-a-ling, and it's behind I know you. It's behind you. Um, there you go. Right. Um, and I'm no. I'm like watching that. You know, standing back and witnessing, like, oh, what a what a creepy place to live with no humor. Right. And then, I you know, all I need to do is check my email, and my mom has written something fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes me happy. And I was just really appreciating a the glorious, glorious defense and cushion and friend that is the funny. Right. Uh, and also then appreciating the funny bringers. Right. The funny, br- I was like, oh, my, but, my friend and real estate agent too, just calling me and like reminding me of the absurdity of this situation and then I can laugh at it and then, right. then it's just this like, okay, I got another tank of fuel to so, deal with the pragmatic bullshit. What you're dealing with in that moment is you're looking at all these things and the barnacles that are attached, the yeah. fucking cancerous bullshit barnacles that are attached to that, yeah. that have to do with the past and the future and, and, and that, because right now you're just in the moment, you make the moment whatever it is that you want to do, and when you engage in what the fuck just happened and what am I going to do, so you're looking behind you, you're looking in front of you, mm. your joy is somebody goes, here is where you are and this is who you're really surrounding yourself with. These are the mm. people that you're choosing mm. and you've rightfully chosen to have in your life as opposed to these people that are coming at you and you can go, no, I'm, you know, yeah, you're in my face right now, yeah. but I'm not going to let you control, I'm not going to let you write my fucking movie and the way that I write my autobiography is nothing to fucking do with you. It's true and there are moments where I get completely you know, uh, I get the fish in water moment where I can't see the outside. You know, I do get caught up in the like, oh, you are writing my autobiography. I am in reaction to you. Oh, and then, you know, it's, it's almost like in any moment, I could either be in the total truth of this is my life with these creepy people and people are evil and untrustworthy, or I could be in the funny with my mom or the, you know, moment with the present with a coffee dude who's serving me or whatever it is and it's it is like a scene in that it's all there just which which one are you giving your focus to it's as you're describing that i felt like you were changing the channels oh yeah i was watching a tv totally and you were changing all the channels right and what show are you deciding to watch right right and that's that (laughs) is kind of the beginning of a scene exactly and the you know the the like yeah we're deciding to go there. Right. That's We're deciding where we, to go there. You and I are deciding whether we, by not talking about that we're deciding to go there, we're going there. Yeah. yeah. We're just going there. Yep. And if we, talk about deci- if we talk about deciding to go there, now we're talking about deciding to go there. That's mm-hmm. what our scene's about at that moment. Mm-hmm. Looking at that which is happening to us. And 
much like in life because I can't separate improv from life anymore. Right. Um, it's all good. Any one of those versions is yep. okay. Yep. Because I can even be completely swept up in the bullshit of the uh, the eviction deal. And if I'm in acceptance of, oh, I'm swept up in the bullshit right now. That's where I am. And, and not adding, you know, that second arrow of I'm a dummy or I'm not evolved. It's that second or, fucking arrow. Fucking arrow. Because the first line of the scene doesn't set the scene. The second line of the scene sets the scene. How are you, uh, how are you dealing with... That first line is that first line. That yeah. doesn't set the scene. That's just what's happening. Yeah. Now you're in reaction to that first line. That's what sets the fucking scene. It's what you call the second arrow. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Do you understand? I do. And, and I, I do. tell Let's my students do one. that Let's like... Let's do one. Um, okay, fine. So, talk crazy. Just say, Mike, have a crazy sentence. A crazy sentence? A crazy sentence. Fucking Germans need to get that out of my fucking apartment. They've ruined it. You're crazy. Now, same line. Fucking Germans. Fucking are... Germans need to get out of my fucking apartment. They fucking ruined it. You are doing wonderfully under stress. Wow, neat. So it's not the first line of dialogue that sets the scene. So you can say whatever the yeah. fuck you want to say. I am in response to that, what you're saying. Yeah. I can go, you're an asshole. Or I can go, if you say so. Right. And Ooh. we are always in charge of that at that moment. Yeah. But people say, well, I couldn't help it. It's like, if you say so, you could help it. But if you believe that you couldn't help it, then that's what you believe. Right. And sooner right. or later, you're going to realize something else. <clears throat> but in the meantime, you're holding on to, you're engaging with that. Right. And that second arrow is what you're deciding is going to pierce you or you could just move away from it. It doesn't have to get you. And what I like, <clears throat> what I like, uh, you know, in an ongoing effort to be kinder and gentler and more compassionate with myself and therefore the world, mm -hmm. uh, is that as long as I have a little bit of distance, like even a nano inch of distance or 1% of my mind can see my, you know, the fact that not completely identify with whatever swirl I'm in, you know, right. as that being me, then what I have is choice. Right. So that if I do choose to continue the crazy, you know, if, it, if I'm having that conversation essentially with myself over like, you're crazy. And it's like, yes, I've had like heightening the crazy and diving into maybe, you know, what might, what we might, what I might consider sort of the, the lower ground of d digging into like the muck and the mire. Right. That if and when I do that, I'm conscious of it. And I've chosen to. Right. And knowing that I've chosen to and not feeling like, oh, I had to. I was right. victimized. There was no other choice. It's like there are a hundred choices. And if I want to go down shit street, I get to. And, but, and yet, and not yet, yes. And you, your awareness of being aware of that makes you not a victim. Exactly. It makes you, a, exactly. it makes you an eyewitness to it, yeah. which doesn't make you a victim. Um, a, a woman yesterday in my class was asking that same sort of question. like, yeah, but, you know, how do I, those voices, I just can't, not the voices, the, the ego, I just can't control the ego. And I said, okay, right now, are you enjoying my company? Are you enjoying me in front of you? You know, I could be anywhere, but I'm deciding to be with you right now. You know that, right? And she went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, I bet right now you can think of three things that will drive you fucking crazy if you think about them right now. And she goes, you're right. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I feel like anything can be a toilet, 
you just poop or pee or vomit or whatever you're going to do. Anything can be a parking space, you just stop your fucking car. Anything can be an ashtray, you just, I mean, someone's eyeball can be an ashtray, you fucking put it out, and anything can be a problem. Yeah. I'm too beautiful. Yeah. I have too much money. I'm too sexy. I'm too popular. These are all problems for you. Uh, they were all for me. I know. And I'm saying, but right now, I'm with you. Right. Knowing that you are in the glow of me being all those things. Right. And that could be a problem for you, but I'm asking you not to. I've learned how to handle it. Most yeah. people haven't. I know. Most people are going, what is up with him? And I walk in, and nobody talks to me. It's only because I'm great. You know what, greatness? That, for me... That witness perspective, mm -hmm. that, that tiny distance or huge distance between uh, what I perceive as, it can be so simple to identify with the thing that I'm feeling as though that's the only option, there's no space around it, and I am, that is, that is, right? This situation sucks, period. So I'm in suckiness. Right. And I'm in a vortex of suckiness where there are no windows, and it's one of those, like, uh, Carnival rides where you go really fast and the floor drops out. Yes. Right? Centrifugal. Uh, one of those. Yeah. One of those. But so for me, the practice is like, how do I get some inch around that? But it takes a long time, right? To, to remember, to develop that practice of not being completely identified with my state as though it's 100% me and as though I'm not, you know, at the control deck of my own life, you know, Choosing I'm, right now, I'm, I'm making gestures like an old school, um, you know, soundboard. Um, but so, thank you, radio audience. Um, but yeah, that that idea that I am there's a larger self outside of that swirl uh, takes time. It's a practice. It's and, and when you said practice originally, I'm thinking that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's a practice because people say, "How do I hold on to it?" It's like you don't. You don't hold on to it. It's. In, 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 in some instances, it's liquid. In some instances, it's solid. But the fact is, it's a practice. Yeah. And, and every time something comes up, you can look at it going, what happened? What's happening to me? Or, or you can look at it going, look at all the bad things that, that are hap that's happening to me. Or you can look at it saying, here is my opportunity to practice that awareness. Sure, yeah. And, and um, I've gotten into arguments with people who are, you know, again, say, well, when bad shit happened, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. You know, yeah, that bad shit is happening to you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it's like to have been in a concentration camp. I don't know what it's like to be in Syria. I don't know what the, or anything, or any of that is like. I do know that if I was in those places, I would still try as hard as I fucking could to practice the awareness that this is, those things are happening to me, those things aren't me. Oh, well, you They're see examples me. of that all the time, right? Like. You see Nelson Mandela in prison for 28 years, somehow maintaining a witness stand, which, you know, witness distance. You see, you know, Elie Wiesel in the Holocaust, like people who somehow really evolved amazing humans who can keep that distance even in the most excruciating circumstances. Right. And those who are in <coughs> really not excruciating circumstances who can't or who, who don't understand that they can. You know? Right. They can't. They they understand that they don't have to be victims. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. They, or identified with. Right. You know, and I, I think it's almost. Um, it can go all directions because right. one can be um, in sort of a, a a spiritual bypass mode of um, my story is that I'm always happy and I'm always light and I'm always love. Right. 
And right. so I don't have any distance around that to see that, that sometimes I also feel other ways, but I don't know it because I'm so busy. You know, I won't let in the, the sad or the hard or the difficult. Are the you busy holding on to your story? That's is that what you're doing? You're well, busy holding on to your story that I am all light and goodness and no one ever will get to me and I am exuding happiness and warmth all the time. Well, it's all story. It's all story. It's all, so the story might be, I'm a victim. I can't right. help but be angry because my shit has been so difficult. Right. right? Or uh, I'm a light and love bunny and that's all I ever feel. I mean, bo both, they're both anything, stories. That is, anything that is impenetrable and fixed and... Uh, completely identified with, with no recognition that this is a story, right. is a story. It's interesting because anybody who, when, when we're doing anything creative, if you want to focus on the outcome needs to be this, you're going to have a fucking hard time getting to that point. But if you say the outcome is going to be the outcome and it's just about the process that I'm in, the practice that I'm in yeah. of being in the practice, because I never get anywhere. Right, I mean, and I don't mean to say I'm mindless. It's just like there's never a, there's never a terminus. Sure, there's not a terminus. It's not like when I get to that thing, then everything is going to be fine. It's not. Mm -hmm. And uh, McCann was just was here. Brian McCann from Conan, and, he, and you know, I always ask the question like, did you do you did you ever see yourself doing this particular thing? Mm. And he said, no, no. You just you just find what it is that you, is your bliss, and you keep following that thing. Mm -hmm. If you like the smell of chocolate baking, why would you leave that area? You know what I'm saying? You just keep following that lovely thing that's bringing you toward, to be in the moment of, the, of, that, of that smell, to be in the moment of that energy, to be in the moment of that inspiration, to be in the moment and to hold on to that moment and to keep moving forward as opposed to saying, this has to be this way, but it's this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was gonna compare it between white chocolate, you know, and say, do you want white chocolate? Do you want, you know, the other kind of chocolate. But white chocolate's fucking awful. No, do you know what? I love white chocolate. I know, but don't call it... But, but, but when you say white chocolate, you, you, could say, you could call it whatever you want, but it's not chocolate. Okay, do you get angry that peanut is angry. called a peanut when it's really a legume, right? I mean, are no, we going to go into like peanut. koala bears, not a bear? But if you it's say... Marsupial. Well, but if you go, it's a cupcake. No, it's a peanut. Are you making the decision that white chocolate is that different than white than dark chocolate? As far as this, if you it if is you a put sweet and creamy put, delicacy of if you put like if you blindfolded me or distracted me so I couldn't see you yeah. don't have to blindfold me so right. you go look over there and then slip two things in my mouth yeah and I'm going what the fuck was that oh I like that you know there's a lot of white chocolate uh, pushback in the world I've defended I white chocolate that. I know so I know all you people who like white chocolate are. Uh, all you people who like white chocolate are, are in the struggle of, let's just fucking call it something else. Let's just call it something else. I, I don't, don't know care why you're faking sugar chocolate isn't, or, isn't there enough <clears throat> space in the world of chocolate for you to give a little room to white? Does it somehow distract? I think it's confusing. It's confusing. Because if I say... To it's confusing to other... No, if someone says, do you, do you like chocolate? Natively? No, if you say, do you... Well, fine, yeah. A foreign person yeah. who has lived in a, a chocolate-free cave. And then they finally come out and you go, okay, mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. I am... Oh, you like... You, there's this thing. Oh, it's really good. It's chocolate. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if you like that chocolate, there's something called white chocolate. And you're going, yeah, white chocolate. And then I give it to you and you're like, you spit it out because it doesn't taste like that first thing that you gave me. This sounds like it's... Not about chocolate. No, it's not. It's about definition and defining things and trying to slip one over on me mm -hmm. and go fuck yourself, confectioner. I don't believe that you've ever actually been duped by it. It's one of those random I things. I have been duped by it. I have been because I keep going, maybe this time, 
maybe this time. It's sort of like me and uh, uh, Arcade Fire, where I'm going, maybe I'll like them this time. It's like, no, I still don't like them. I still don't like them. Mm -hmm. Death Cab for Cutie. Mm -hmm. I still feel like that guy should just sing songs that are commercials. Well, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. I don't know why that has to get taken out on delicious, creamy white chocolate. <laughs> it's, it's expectations. So it's so and sweet. I think that's the problem. Is it so goes back to sweet. expectations, and I should know better right? than to have expectations. Right. Is it because none of that really matters? These expectations make a peck out of ext in your taste. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. When you expect, you, 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 yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. You cross out your pectoral. I like that. Like the that that phrase. Uh, the phrase that you're using is, or the the, the template is, uh, don't assume because when you make when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. It's right, like, that's where I was going. Yes. I know, I know, and, yes. and I'm just saying that because I feel like as an improviser, that fucking doesn't make any difference to me. I it, get to assume the shit out of anything. In fact, you must. I know. Right, and if you make an ass out <clears> of <throat> me, then uh, awesome. Right, let's go there. <laughs> and that's a bad thing. Why? Right. Well, sometimes those are words, you know, a friend of mine used to say, the rhyme is the rule, right? Like anything that rhymes is true. Right. You know, just because like you... I blew a Jew. I, did you? Did you blow a Jew? <laughs> no, I didn't. I did. Just because I know you it's did. It's true. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's true for some I people. I tried it once for my grandmother. Because <laughs> right. I've, I've only dated and married goys other than that. Right. Okay. Right. 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 Yeah. I fucked a duck. <laughs> well, now that is also true. <laughs> But that was high school. Right. It was a mascot thing. Right. Don't get me started. What, 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 what goes on in the pond stays in the pond. Well, like, you fly, you buy. That was a thing, like... Oh, it, yeah, right, 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 right. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. It's I not buy, that. I'll buy. I buy. It, it was basically, like, whoever's going to get beer doesn't have to pay for it. Yeah, right. So, right. you fly, I buy. Yeah, right. I don't know. The rhyme is what? The rule. The rhyme is the rule. Which is weird, because that doesn't rhyme. You're so right. <laughs> The rhyme is sublime. <laughs> right. It's rhyme time. Right. Because the minute you go, okay, fine, the rhyme is a rule, then why doesn't that rhyme? That's so Doesn't true. make it a rule then. That's so you true. You know, do you want to go back in time in a time machine and tell that woman that and go, you know what, Jessica, you're wrong. Mm. If you were right, mm. it would have rhymed. It mm. doesn't. Yeah. You and snooze, if, you lose. Sometimes you snooze, you win. I would imagine I more. I love to snooze. I am not a snoozer. That's right. You, you sleep like. Very I minimally. will go to bed. I will go to bed at three o'clock in the morning. Right. And the reason I'm going to go to bed at three o'clock in the morning is there's so much to do. Totally. Like that's just it's yeah. craziness. Yeah. Yep. And then I wake up in the morning. It's like oh my god, this, that still applies. Yeah. There's so much to do. So I go to bed at three and I wake up at seven or seven thirty and it's like well, there's coffee and there's newspaper to read. You love coffee. Stuff. That's why you get up early, right? I, I love coffee. You can't wait to get I also love like saying uh, looking on on uh, online and seeing what uh, like what's happening in the news and what's going on and there's music to be played and mm -hmm. classical music and totally. listen to that and I like my kitchen. My kitchen is great, you know, and I I miss it um, oh. when I'm not around. I, you know, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> just knowing that it's there. But I don't. I you know that snooze lose thing. Yeah, I, like I'll take a nap every once in a while. I guess maybe when I, as I get older, I'll take more naps. But right now, it's like, I'm not going to take a nap. Right. And I, but there are also people like, if I don't get 10 hours of sleep on, 10 hours of sleep? Why are you angry at them? Why don't they get to have 10 hours of sleep if they want 10 you're hours right. of sleep? You're right. Why don't they you're get right. to lie in bed, sucking on delicious white chocolate, having their own experience of how much sleep they need? Oh, what's happening here? Right. Why, why are they in bed with dark chocolate for this hours? It's white. It's not dark. I mean, it's a white chocolate. For me, this they is They met it. them online. It was Four hours in bed with dark chocolate. That's, That's fine. 
Nice. Where there's on another planet, there's somebody on the planet wrong. There's somebody who is in bed for ten hours eating white chocolate. Isn't it interesting how the more specific we get uh, as human beings, and by that I mean, hopefully, if we're paying attention, the more we get old, the more we age, right? That that as time goes by, our tastes and our concepts of the right way to do things and and what makes uh, life good or not get so specific that. Even my closest friends can sometimes seem fucking crazy because of their preferences. Mm-hmm. Right. Where I'm like, really? Right. You know, for you, that might be 10 hours of sleep uh, and white chocolate. For me, that might be, you know, my friend who washes the Kardashians. And I'm like, I don't understand. I'm angry about it. Why do you spend five seconds doing that? For me, that is like drinking napalm. It's right. toxic crap. Do you know KJ Middlebrook? No, but I like that name. He's it, a really good name. He's you know really what? It kind of rhymes. KJ Middlebrook. KJ. So KJ Middlebrook. Middlebrook. KJ Middlebrook. It was a, a student at Second City um, in LA. Is he a, a handsome black man? He's a handsome black I man. I know who he is. Really handsome black yes, man. Yes, he's a tall drink of water. He is a yeah. yeah. And I just saw him in uh, in Brendan Hunt's show. Mm. He's still in Brendan Hunt's show. Um, absolutely filthy, which is at uh, Sacred Fools in in LA, and it's a great show. Uh, so KJ, lovely man. Yeah. Uh, editor. Uh-huh. On television. Yes. Of a show called... Yes. The Kardashians. You know what? That I can get behind. Because I'm for actors getting... I'm for artists getting paid. Yeah. There can be... People can be shitting on the street everywhere because people need to shit. Right. But I don't need to eat it. Do you know no, what I mean? No, you don't. Right. But that's true of anything. Like, if you want to shit on yourself, you can shit on yourself or you could go, no. But again, we go back to what are your choices? What are you deciding to do? What are you deciding to engage in? Because for me, I watched the Kardashians. I was kind of forced because I was at a, a, a health club and uh, uh, somebody gave me a guest, a dead guest pass at a health club in Miami. And every television had the Kardashians in front of the, wow. the treadmills. And wow. I'm going, how do you fucking get rid of this stuff? And you don't. You don't. You look at it and you, you got to say, oh, that's pretty. Or that house is, I wouldn't live there if you paid me. Right. And not to go, what's happening with the universe? Because it's not what's happening with the universe. It's what you're deciding is happening with you. It's also it's also understanding that I have an extreme sensitivity to it. You know, like when you're in a restaurant and you're you can smell the crazy cleansing, uh, whatever they've used before right. they open. That's like just climbing right up your nasal passage, and your friend doesn't notice it. Right. It's like that. Like just this is where you know assume right. Just because uh, the Kardashians makes me feel. Um, like my soul has been crushed right? and I feel desperately sad for what it is that we as a, as a civilization are giving our attention and time to and what we're valuing based on what that show's about. Right. To me, that show is the end of civilization, but to my friend, it is fluffy, fun, yay times. Uh, uh, honey Boo Boo. Honey Boo Boo I have not seen, but you know, you know what I love? This is what I do love about that kind of crap. I love it when people who are good with color commentary explain it to me like I don't want to watch Honey Boo Boo but this gorgeous uh, fabulous gay man one time explained to me some Honey Boo Boo episodes complete with like full on quotable lines uh-huh. I was like I could watch this shit forever you can watch him doing the color commentary totally right As, his experience yeah. of this show added a filter of it that was like oh now I, it's all about behavior and humanity and things that totally ring my bell right uh but but to watch it, you know, I, I I can't watch it without some kind of juicy filter. I I there's there's a, most televisions like that for me. 
Yeah. Where most television is like that, where, I, where I'm thinking, okay, I need to remove, but again, it's that removing yourself from it, not attaching, because nobody's attacking you. Honey Boo Boo is not attacking no. you. No. No. And that universe is not attacking you. You're deciding to say you're attacking me. Mm. You know? Because yeah. for me, I look at it, I can look at it and think, okay, um, what's happening with the universe? Or I could say, there's this tiny little part of the universe that loves that crazy shit. Totally. And I'm gonna back the fuck away from that. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. it sometimes, somehow the gym actually does afford a little bit of, you know, it's, it's, somehow it's not really watching it if I'm at the gym, right? Because A, I'm already going straight to heaven because I'm at the gym. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Karmically, right. I'm, I'm so pure. I'm like made of pure light because I'm on the elliptical <laughs> trainer. Right. So then if there's a Kim Kardashian, six minutes that enters my worldview, I do have like a, you know, yes, I'm going to eat this cotton candy because I'm at the shitty circus. Mm -hmm. Not the good circus. Right, right. But like the low rent, uh, creepy circus. Right. Uh, so there's a time and place for it. And it's also for me, you know, it's my responsibility. I know, I'm very, I'm more and more deliberate about what I will allow to enter my system like what I will will intake uh, it, you're making a choice of what it is that you're you're taking in be it food you're be being, it people be because it you're mindful media. of yeah. you're mindful of it you're saying this is in front of me this is in front of you're mindful of it as opposed to again having this wash come over you're going well this is just the way okay good which is I, I think right now particularly mm -hmm. you know in this um, amazing and intense intense period of being alive on this planet uh, you know, I need to filter. I need to be aware of what I'm taking in. And I was so aware of, during this crazy time of this uh, bullshit eviction stuff, how much, like that. It's, you're not being evicted, let's just say. No, I'm not being okay, evicted. Okay, right, okay. I am the awful uh, no, righteous you're, you're, landlord. Right, okay. Landlady. Uh -huh. Thank you. Um, so I was so aware that entering the dark sense of like, ugh, people suck and uh, this sucks and feeling what to whatever moments I was feeling victimized. Then it's like my shit colored glasses were on where literally it was hilarious. Like every other thing I saw was the crap right. of life. Right. To the point where, I mean, I would, I, you know, I would look at a headline. It was like cop wants to eat and cook ladies. Right. And then, you know, I look at it, uh, uh, mother and daughter, and I see the mother, like, swat the chick, the little girl on the head. And all I see is, like, the dickish dude. But, like, all of a sudden. Right. Because I kind of walk through the world, not even kind of. I, I have always walked through the world with rose-colored glasses. Right. And. Which is interesting because you need to put on rose-colored glasses. That's not a natural state. I don't know. I, 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 but you know, what I'm saying yeah. is... I like, think I put them on really early. But I think that a lot of people don't realize that, you're, that, that, that at any point you can put those rose-colored glasses on. You can see the world as an awful shit place or you can put the rose-colored glasses on. I'm, I'm saying rose-colored isn't a bad thing. Right. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. So go ahead. So yeah. you're saying that you've got the shit-colored glasses and keep going. Well, I'll say that I, I feel like I kind of, and I feel very grateful for the fact that um, the way in which I, you know, the persona that I developed based on my own family dynamics and, and you know, how we all come into the world with ways of looking at the world that keep us feeling supported and um, like we are safe and will survive in the world yes. as, as kids. Yes. Um, 
that mine happened to be uh, rose-colored glasses. Right. So I didn't really have to adjust anything. In fact, my adjustment has been around feeling comfortable uh, with... Douchebags? Douchebags. And right. some version of... Yeah, this, this whole... Like being present with the fact that there is negativity, there is untrustingness, that's not a word. There is... Um, there is darkness and, and not to be so allergic to it and be able to sit with it and also be able to, mm. you know, this whole apartment rental thing. Like I basically rented to these criminals with like a pinky swear. Right. Like, okay, nice people come right. live in my house. And they turn out to be complete horrible people. And, and I, and it's a huge learning for me that not to trust quite so quickly or quite so completely. Right. So, the rose colored glasses part, I love it, I love it, I love it. And it also takes some dismantling. Yes. You know? yes. It's like the problem of like, oh, I think, I think, you know, I'm too positive. I feel like there's too much joy and love in the world. It's like, that's the I'm too popular, I'm too fabulous, I'm too skinny problem, sort of. Well, it, it's, it's, yes. It's um, a happy problem. I, as long as you're aware, oh, I think as long as you are aware that you're making a choice in order to do that, and you also have to know in order for there to be light there needs to be darkness amen and i think that 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 the situations that we all go through i would not trade any i don't know that i would trade any of those for the lessons that i got from it you know i mean i'm i would not trade those experiences i think about oh my god that was just so embarrassing i can't believe that i did that or why did i do that you know why i did that so i don't do it again i did it then so I don't do it again. I mm. hear people say, I really regret that I did this or this or this. Mm. And I'm thinking, how do you regret? Because regret, in, for me, the feeling of regret says, you were brought out of this planet at this time and dropped into this situation. And you had no idea, and you made a bad choice. As opposed to, I, that choice that I made at that moment was not predicated on anything other than the experience that led me up to that moment, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So at that time, I was sane. I thought I was doing the right thing, sure, and that's what I fucking did. And so when people say, I regret that, and I really look at that and going, okay, fine, as opposed to dealing with yourself with humor and compassion and saying, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, yeah. I, oh boy. Yeah. For me, it's the part of my rose-colored glasses, and I also believe this to be true, from my own experience of being alive, is that even though it feels completely incomprehensible in some moments, I do believe that everyone is doing the best that they can right. in any given moment. Because right. they're doing the only thing that they're doing in that moment. You know what I mean? Like there isn't a choice of them saying, well, I got two or three things. What I love about the Buddhist approach uh, or, or one of the tenets is there is no choice. Mm. There's just the path. And for you to look at and weigh things out, and I know as improvisers, one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself is the gift of working through compulsion, not working through that part of your brain that needs to weigh things out. That's good, that's bad, that's gonna forward the action, that's not going to forward right. the action. Right. Rather saying, at this moment, ego-free, I am compelled to make this move because you, I am connected to you in that moment, yeah. and I, you've, you, have, you have forced my hand. And what I'm asking you to do every moment is force my hand. This sure. Is my hand. Sure. Fucking force my hand. Yeah. And I will force your hand. And when we force it's like each other's hand. a different kind of marriage. Yes. May right. I force your hand? I would like to force your hand in marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask your father if I can force your hand in marriage. <laughs> exactly. I would like to force your hand in marriage. And, and I, and, but it's a surrender. It and is. it's all about surrender. Yeah. 
yeah, surrender, relax, like get out of the, I mean, I've definitely, when I, we did the show last night, radio audience with Ed Herbstman, and I definitely got off stage and I felt like we just went wherever we went, you know, that there was no, uh, you know, for better or for worse, it was a flow and it went, you know, for better or for worse, what I mean is like whether or not it was entertaining or, you know, um, what other things do we think we need to be? Funny, funny or compelling right, or real. Or following or some prescribed build, uh, you know, that that we all climbed into the, the river right. and we just flowed down it. Right. Uh, God, that's rivers. We, uh, McCann just used a river reference too. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it does feel like that. It feels like... There is a river. I'm just in it. Exactly. And I don't need to keep, you know, deciding if there are or aren't enough rocks on the bank or if that tree is green enough or if I look cute enough in my bathing suit as I'm floating. It's like, I'm just floating down the river. Right. It's a and lazy if I river. Want, and if I want to make this a hard, if I want to, if I want to make, if, if I want to make this a hard uh, ride down the river, then I'm going to go against the current and I'm going to use my oar, my paddle rather, and backing it up and backing it up and backing it up and saying no point in backing it up because I am going to be going where I'm going and I have no idea where the fuck I'm going. Right. So so the regret piece, it, I don't think regret is reasonable because again, what are you saying? Like, I wish that I had been a different being so that my being would have made a different choice given all of who I am and what, right? I can, I can sort of reframe regret as, wow, that moment in the river was extremely challenging. <laughs> exactly. The idea of that happened. Yes. To say, well, that happened. Yes. And, and I think regret is, is those parts that still feel really sharp, like right. that, that challenge. You haven't accepted it. Of how it was. Or, I, yeah, or, or, I, or I haven't... Because um, you can't change it. Digested them. Right. Accepted, digested, right. I can watch. I can watch myself like a snake, basically, with like the giant piece of thing that was hard in, in the yeah, let's say rat in my you know uh, in my stomach where it's like you know bulging the outline of my skin. I can watch myself digest it, like, mm -hmm. and and know that okay, I'm not you know I'm mad at that person for this. Um, I want to move into acceptance and I want to move into forgiveness. And I'm getting there. Right. I'm getting there, but right. there's still some rats. And then, and then two years later, I look back and I'm like, okay, right. nice. I oh, right. neutralized. Well, we're, we need to forgive ourselves. I'm going to say this. We, we need to forgive ourselves for, for our, uh, the necessary process. Yeah. Because the process is the ne to say, I, may, I will forgive. I will forgive. Now, whether I forgive myself or I forgive you, I will forgive, but I'm going to forgive in the time that it takes me to forgive. I cannot be there now. Right. I do want to be there now. Right. But my wanting to be there now does not put me there now. My wanting to be there now puts me in the mindset of being impatient with the now. Sure, which, which again is another layer of like, when I am impatient with the now, can I accept that? Right. You know? Like, when I am in regret, can I accept that, even though it doesn't make sense, right? So that there's never a place of, of wrongness. 
And there is, and that's the, another thing that I think people need, it, people need, I don't give a fuck if you do or not, but an opportunity for people is to say there is no right, there is no wrong, there right. just is that, that which you do. And, and, and what inevitably comes up is like, what about Hitler? It's like, all right, okay, Isn't that funny? Okay. Totally, totally. Fucking, and this is what oddly. I think about Hitler. I don't know if I talked about this before. <laughs> this is such a horrible thing to say, but... Oh, this is such a horrible thing to say. I can't say. imagine where you would I know, I know. People can't, get, can't imagine, two, but I was like grabbing... Two talking about okay, Hitler. Okay, What if the reason that Hitler was alive was to exterminate a Jew that was going to totally destroy the world? You know, that to me points to this thing that I encounter every day, which is that I'm constantly making up stories of what people's intentions were or what happened or, you know, uh, making assumptions, making up stories. So I, I think that religion is that, right? Let's make up one version of what the deal might be and where we might be going. Right. And so I say to you in terms of that Hitler analysis or idea, that story. Right. Sure. Why the fuck not? That makes as much sense as, as it having Hitler had a lifelong diaper rash and all he could do was, you know, rage out about it. Or, right. you know, Hitler had, a, had a, a, you know, his brain was broken in a way where he, like, all of these are stories. Why not that one where, right. yes, there was, you know, Erwin Leibovitz from Auschwitz. Right. He was, you know, had he lived. And what that means, of course, that there's some giant... Um, benevolent force in the universe making sure that, you know... Uh, shit's taken care shit's of. Shit's taken care of. Right. So, I, I, we're all just making this shit up anyway. Right. Why not have that be the story? I'll go with you for that. If you give me white chocolate, I'll give you that story. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, then I'll give you white chocolate. Nice. I, I mean, give me white chocolate as... Give me white chocolate as its right to exist in the world. Oh, I'm going to say that. I'm not saying white chocolate shouldn't exist. I, I am saying this. You just want it renamed. You want it, re you want want it, it renamed. You want it to wear a yellow star and walk around oh. in its own little chocolate exactly. ghetto. Right, right. All like you're sort of human, but not really. Right. Yeah. Right. You're different. It's so funny to me that we just plunge, as we always do, right into... We get so juicy into our spiritual, metaphysical, what is life, what is work, what is, I love, we, this, we always riff like this and I love it. Good, all right, let's stop there. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.